You're listening to Not Many of You Should Become Teachers, a podcast that explores the world of K-12 education as it intersects with the Christian faith. You might call us extreme moderates. We're skeptics who try not to be cynics, who desire to see Christian educators dive deeper in their vocation. Welcome to the show. person for the first time two meters apart riley for the first time yeah first time since before we march were, we, we were saying it must be at least february yeah that's yeah. pretty crazy so it's great to see you again you and on a blustery day it's absolutely pouring this october lower mainland bc yeah yeah a little fatigued yes we talked about that last time fatigue but still update is that we're still fatigued still fatigued how are you doing yeah um, feeling, yeah, I don't, I don't have sort of, I guess you'd call it just physical body sense of like, just feeling refreshed. Like I'm feeling wiped. Like it's just like day, day in, day out. Um, finding pockets where we can talk about this. Certainly this episode, Riley, uh, just some, some glimpses, moments of, of, success and and feeling some classroom wins like those feel good but i am mentally and physically sort of just wiped yeah and adding to those like whatever wins or successes that you find um in a situation like this feel even sweeter Mm -hmm. because of how frustrating a lot of things have been and things have actually been all things considered like i've been really impressed with the way that things have been able to take place like i'm so thankful i'm thankful that there's people in front of me yeah Um, but yeah you got to celebrate those wins so you had a quarter of cp12 and only cp12 right so christian perspectives 12 is our uh, senior level grade 12 Bible uh, curriculum. I, I see that yawn. The audience can't see the yawn, but that was a yawn. I don't. <laughs> could it be that we mentioned CP? <laughs> uh, yeah. Some students might resonate with No, I was just saying CP because I know some of our audience may be tuning in, Riley, and they it's like, CP, what's that? So yeah, that's uh, from in most Christian schools would be, would be Bible, um, would be sort of a theology course. Mm-hmm. So. That's an interesting, like, yeah, title, Christian Perspectives. Yeah, it's plural, be, too. It's, uh, you know, it's not like the Christian perspective. It's like perspectives. Well, as David Smith might say, that a Christian in, an upper-class Christian in Canada would have a very different perspective on a number of things than a, um, a Christian living in any, pick Absolutely. any different part of the world or any different class. Which is why I, I do, um, I probably play it up you could probably say too much, maybe. Um, I do really emphasize that plural. Hmm. Um, not in a relativistic way of, you know, there's a bazillion perspectives, but um, to show students, I think maybe this is where I found the most traction, is our school, like like any Christian school, really, even a non-denominational, multi-denominational school, is going to have some foundation, is going to be in some vein or tradition or tribe of Christianity, and that's going to be its its distinctives and have a flavor. And one of the things that, that I've just uh, found, like I said, traction on is to give, uh, give students, maybe for the first time, uh, an awareness or a sense that, you know what, the language of faith, 
Mm. And the the biblical story, it, yes, it's our story, but the way we tell it or the vantage point from which we see the story is not the maybe not the only way that that has been told. Yeah, and, st- and I and that uh, that's an aha moment for. I mean that that would have been an aha moment for me as a seventeen year old. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. And, and there's even more aha moments as we listen to people like Dr. David I. Smith yes. share about um, his conversations with um, some women in Afghanistan or, or talking that. to someone who were talking to women in Afghanistan and they read the story of the woman in the well and they had such a different perspective on why this woman had so many different husbands over the course of her life where mm-hmm. from a Western perspective, um, it was like some might have said it was immoral or something like that, where they would have said like someone of her status would have wouldn't have had no choice, and she was probably like yeah, just low status, no choice, yes. hands tied sort of thing. And yeah, there are these different perspectives. So David Smith had told that story in our course, and it's stuck in the back of my head for quite a while. And one of the things that that I've um, played around with with uh, me and, and a few colleagues who there's a few of us teach the the Bible curriculum in the high school and I noticed this was in September when we're back in person for the first time and we had a department meeting you know a little staff meeting and just to be mildly provocative but also to, to point out maybe the obvious in the room is and we have a we have a somewhat of a homogenous staff it's becoming more diverse in 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 a few ways right but it's five white guys in a room (laughs) like five awesome colleagues yes and i mean i'm i'm one of them and i said is this on on one level anybody should be able to have the platform of, of teaching bible this is not a problem on one level in another level this is a bit of an issue and my colleagues and i didn't even see maybe eye to eye on that but what it's caused me to do is think through the voice. I can't, I can't, nor should I change who I am. Mm-hmm. Like be a, you know authentically, Mr. McFarland. But it's given me thought to um, who I give, for lack of a better phrase, like who I give airtime to in in right. the on the screen, right? Like if I'm pulling up a clip of something or we get the, I have the opportunity. I don't believe in homework and in, in CP. We do it all in, in class. I want to read it with them. I want to encounter it with them and yeah. have them grapple in the moment. Uh, who, who is, who has the microphone? Who we see who we and see. who we hear from is, yep. is very important. Um, and, and you can pick from a race perspective, yeah. from a gender perspective, from a, calling perspective something david smith talked about a lot in our yeah, course it, like in within our communities who do we see at the fronts of our churches the most we see pastors missionaries and then i think after that he says doctors and nurses that live abroad yeah yeah there's a hierarchy like, yeah and yeah. and we don't maybe you wouldn't hear from someone that works in a different uh, profession that still has the ability to share and to to talk and talk about their story. Or guys or who have their own podcast or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how about you break down a little bit like, so Christian Perspectives 12, already gone over the plural, this is the, this is the final explicit Bible course for these students before they go into the afterlife of university. What is the framework or the curriculum that is um, kind of set out before you? Like, this is what we're going to put our fingers into mm. before we 
graduate? What, break that down. Well, I like the language of, you know, getting your fingers into something like, you know, working in the soil or the dirt or something. Um, it really is a course that offers um, a, a, an element of creativity and creative, not so much play, although I would like to think that what we do with texts, reading, encounter, listening to voices, that kind of thing, that there's a creative or a playful element to it. It, it, it is, as you say, explicit Bible instruction, but unlike the structure they've had in grade 9, grade 10, so the junior years of, of uh, their high school experience, uh, we do, so we do uh, grade 9, Old Testament sort of a survey. Uh, right. Grade 10 is New Testament. So they, they, you get you these Bible survey courses done developmentally, you know, appropriate levels. Grade 11 is uh, sort of like the language of, of creed, like belief. Um, that's a big focus in our school is what uh, historic creeds, what do, what do people believe? How do we believe? Why do you believe what you believe? World religions kind of yeah. blends into that, right? Other belief systems. And, and so there's that belief element. By the time we get to grade 12... There's a there's a a time. It's like reflective time, taking stock of. I, I liken it for students to, you guys need to start to take some inventory of where you've been, especially if you're what we call around here a lifer. Like you've grown up in this uh, Christian faith schooling community, and yeah, you're heading off, be it university or somewhere else, and there's that pivot. And so you're you're looking forward and you're looking behind, and we want to just give a bit of space for that. And so we, um, the the readings that we would do, um, the the Bible focus uh, would be in the wisdom tradition, right? right. So into the Psalms, uh, Proverbs. Um, I've spent a whole quarter doing Ecclesiastes with students, mm-hmm. and so. Um, not so much sort of this like a big expository teaching, um, but I liken it to sort of just space, which mm. they don't have. And I, part of me wonders too, right? Like you, you probably have this in, in a, at a grade six level, uh, or correct me if I'm wrong, um, but students have this perception of what's happening to them in the schooling like mm. it's like oh yeah i've heard this before or this is what this is what we've done or they have this yeah. they have this this notion of what schooling is to them now we do this now we do that yeah yeah and that that can like i try and think like in, in grade five we go on a field trip to victoria in grade six mm-hmm. we go hiking in grade seven we go caving do you know what i mean yeah but there is um an academic version yep. of that Let's too see. to some to somewhere and, and I do love the language of sort of like capstone courses, like culminating. Mm. Uh, you've arrived at like there has been a, a scope and sequence, as we used to say. There has been thinking through. This is where you're. Uh, this is sort of a, a, an arrival point in our program. But at the, at the same time, I have found uh, this is now the second time I'm saying this in this episode. The idea of having traction, because I think there's a we've talked before, right, about students in Christian schools get sort of inoculated to to faith, and yeah. and, that, and so if I can sort of come at this, um, um, I think as Brian Zond would say, Pastor Brian Zond would say, coming at something slant, like telling the story slant. Is is that Zond? Am I? I, I know slant. I know Zond. I don't know if they're. I'm mashing there. them together, and That's I'm probably anyway. But coming at it slant, I, I'll say to students, "You're googling it." Good. Um, I'll say uh, coming at something 45 degree angle, right? Um, just to just to alert students 
to maybe new possibilities of how, of how they've uh, you think you know this yeah um, but have you considered consider it this way now that's an interesting um, way to go about something because I could see let, let me just play like cool. skeptic for, for five seconds um, is that I could see someone uh, if you went up to grade 12 students before they leave and say it's not exactly how you think and wouldn't like what if someone says don't shake the worldview too hard do you know what i mean like this is the way christians think like don't 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 expand things too much like what so um yeah i see i like i'm sure someone could see the value and like okay you get some more engagement when you tell it slant and you open things up a little bit more but then how how would you respond to someone that might be a bit more protective of mm-hmm. uh, students um in this situation, actually, I would, seems to be fragile mm-hmm. worldview. It's a great question. I often, and I hope this is not too flippant, right? And I, I, I treat this is this is sacred stuff. This is this is this is holy ground, uh, especially in a Bible class. But I often will tell I'll tell this to students. Uh, this is your your concrete certitude uh, worldview in a box is going to get jolted. It's going to be challenged, confronted. Uh, and if it's not happening now, it's going to happen next year, or the year after that, or the year after that. Right. And so is more of the same or, right, like more more vacuum seal <laughs> uh, yeah. really going to do it? So that's the one the one part of it that, that I would say, and and I also tell students this is this is the vulnerability part too because my whole thing is uh, we're we're in a context Riley where certitude and having like confidence in the answers and sort of an apologetic is highly highly valued, mm-hmm. and so my slant or my forty five is embrace the mystery of God Ecclesiastes three no nobody can fathom what God's done from beginning to end. Um, right, God makes everything beautiful in His time, yeah. um, but embrace the mystery. So I, I do, I do the whole mi- like, like the biblical tradition, the Christian tradition. Embra- there's a there's mystery here. Embrace mystery. But then I'll go one other level, and this is sort of the meta stuff for grade twelve students. I'm like, what if I invite them into my doubts? What if the phrase embracing mystery is just a cop out for I actually don't have I, my answer is kind of shaky or I you know I don't really feel too confident in it and yeah. so oh I can't explain it so mis- mis- mystery mystery choose your own truth <laughs> right it, yeah um, and as soon as I I think part of it is as soon as I am open enough with students right it's it's almost like two layers they see there's the initial excitement of oh someone like Mr. McFarland is, is doing this, he's doing something a little bit different here. The vocabulary is different. This is, it's kind of unconventional. It's a bit provocative. Um, but then, so I'll do that for a little while and students think, Oh, this is, this is cool. This is interesting. A lot of them, I get a lot of positive feedback on that. And then I go one other level and I basically say the danger of me doing this, like I expose the vulnerability. I said, you know what? This is my shtick. Like I, I can do this and it's easy for me to, to sort of, come at this from the sidelines and, and sort of it's e- it's actually quite easy to disrupt a 17 year old's worldview yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay and so I said I, I it's like 
I got to be really careful with this. And then I invite them into that level of honesty right. to be like, yeah. Like I said to students the other day, um, literally this week, um, we have, cause the court, the quarter system has been weird. I have a new batch of students. Like I have a new, a new group of students just started this week. Oh, okay. And I twelves? said the twelves. Okay. Yeah. And so I said to them who I know some of them, uh, and others I've not taught before, but I, the ones that knew me, I said, the real danger for me right now and COVID, you know, pandemic's not helping. I can just shift into autopilot because what I get to do right now is I get to cherry pick my, my great, um, all these metaphors. I get to cherry pick, do a greatest hits, McFarland's greatest hits. I'm just pulling from, you know, I've been here, I've been doing this for a decade. So it's like, I know what works. I can pull that. And I, I know the clips I'm going to play. I know the I know the little jokes that I can I can crack. I've highlighted and and leafed through the text so many times, right? Yeah. And it's like I could do this, and I could act through it. And I said, you might not even know that I'm acting. I could see some eyes kind of open up, right? Because it's like maybe I'm acting right now. You don't know, like. Um, but then we talked about like the role of the spirit and and the 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 dynamic in the class of, of God showing up. And yeah, I think that comes with being an extreme moderate. Wouldn't you yeah, say it's back to our language, isn't it? Yeah. I think so. That, that's what rings in my head. And it is different than, cause I could also see someone saying like, yeah, you're right. We, we need to shake up their worldview yeah. so we can tell them how to critique the secular one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where so many worldview conversations go is that it's not about what a Christian worldview is. It's what a secular worldview isn't. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, and with a name like Christian perspectives, you could see that that could be quite an interesting or not, not quite an easy direction, but you make it a little bit more interesting than just going that way, which I think is, um, mm. a positive thing. And you see, um, positive reactions in your students, which is yeah. good. Yeah. What's going on in grade six these days? Oh boy. Um, yeah, well, okay. This is interesting. Can I ask you a question before I tell oh, you what's go. going on in grade yeah, six? Yeah. So, um, when you teach CP nine, right. Which is coming up in a few weeks. Yep. Okay. So that's the first group of high school CP yes, students. They've come first Christian perspective, high school class. Yeah. Do, do you sense the same amount of inoculation with those 13-year-olds that or 14-year-olds that you might notice with a 16-year-old? I think there's a couple currents that are two things that are happening. At least two things are happening at the same time. High school is still so novel for them. It's a new new place, so they are they, there's a little bit of fish out of water thing happening, and you see it by about grade 10. Uh, the students are comfortable even just in the physical space of being in high school and right. they, you know, they got their high school locker, they got multiple teachers. Now they got, they are on a semester system. Like all that stuff is then normalized to them. So there's a little bit of shock and awe that happens at the beginning in grade nine. Yeah. And then, yeah, the second part I think is purely developmental. Uh, we're definitely noticing this. Uh, from my colleagues, so I'm, I'm teaching grade nines in, in a, just a few short weeks. But the ones who have them now say, "This is a, it, there's something's happened uh, with pandemic and with school being out. Like just just developmentally, it's like the the social emotional stuff is. They, I know every grade group has a cohort and they're their own thing, but it feels heightened. 
Okay. Um, yeah. So the whole inoculation part that you're talking about, yeah, it's it's almost it's almost hard for me to determine where that's just sort of institutional. That's the culture of the school versus right. is that a faith stuff? Yeah, and I wonder if that is as students get older, they become a little bit more authentic to show mm-hmm. the amount of. I know biblical inoculation they might have felt when they were in eighth grade that um, like I would actually I should probably talk to one of my eighth grade teachers a little bit more about how they conduct their their Bible class. But like in grade six, this is this is why I was curious. because I'm trying to think I'm trying to think like how many do I have how many students roll their eyes when it's Bible class? How many students um, become frustrated or maybe a little bit anxious? when it's time to open the scriptures or when I ask them, because plenty of students at, at our school, a Bible is a school supply. So they yeah. keep one in their desk. We, I use it a lot. Other teachers use it a varied amount of times. Um, is it anxious? Is it an anxiety piece or an ugh piece when I say like, Oh, you forgot your Bible. You have to bring one to school. Like, and then I just write a little note, a sticky note for you. Is that a piece for it? Cause I'm trying to figure out like, there is no, it's not like, a, Oh, here's where it happens. But that is a question in general. Like where does this inoculation accumulate? Do you know what right. I mean? Not where does it happen? Because we can't pinpoint something like that. Because in grade six, I don't see, and this is a developmental thing also, like I have less kids that would probably roll their eyes anyways at age 11 than they might at age 16. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear that. So when it comes to what's going on there, if I had to pinpoint like, oh, something that's like, oh, this is a little bit interesting. This is a little bit like, oh, is that I think that Bible class can be a stressor for some students because they are nervous to share they don't they they can't say something spiritual enough they the floor is too high mm-hmm. actually it feels like so for me in grade six my job is to bring the floor as low as possible and treating the bible like a story really helps because then we can read a story and look at a character and ask story questions which are themselves spiritual questions um to try and bring that floor even lower because we talk about it's kind of interesting i'm in my master's right now and i'm studying math education we talk a lot about math anxiety and how there isn't geography anxiety or i don't know for you is there history anxiety maybe not so much as we see math anxiety there is bible class anxiety for sure that's something that i would recognize and i don't necessarily see it in like um like I don't have kids crying when we do Bible assignments and stuff like that, but just a hesitancy, a nervousness, reluctance, reluctance. And I'm not saying I have this giant group of like really nervous kids. I have some kids that like, they're obviously so like, they're so adept with the scriptures and stuff like that, that like that, like Sunday school kids, do you know what I mean? Like, I know what this might be like, Oh, I know the name of this character. I can do a sword drill. I know where the books of the Bible are stuff like that. And then you have other kids that like, they just come from a different context and it is nerve wracking or even they come from the same context and the floor just is still too high so that's where i'm at right now when i think about what's going on in grade six yeah oh that's that's really helpful to to hear uh yeah thinking uh, thinking in the terms of sort of anxiety like you would approach another course where i see the where i see the gap is uh and a parallel would be the context of a whole class versus i do these exit interviews 
right? I call them exit interviews. What I, you know, I get you know ten minutes with each student at the end of the course, and they bring something to the you know to the proverbial table. I bring mm-hmm. something to the table. We we make meaning together. Uh, I pray for them. The whole thing. It's a wonderful time. It's like th- there are some kids who it's like I expected to hear that, and that's top notch stuff, and that's wonderful. Other kids is like whoa, came out of their shell. It's like, I'd never heard any of that. Right. Because you're sitting quietly. Um, so again, that this goes beyond just Bible curriculum. That's just in, in pedagogy, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Um, And so, yeah, maybe I like that, what you said about the, the, the floor being so high. Like, do we have this set up on this mantle, this pedestal of having to, to learn and speak a certain way? Yeah. Um, and, and I think the students undermine their own intelligence. We've talked a lot about, like, I recognize that the students at the school that I teach at, they're bright. I am very impressed with the the level of thinking that even some of the students that struggle are still able to do. And I think in a Bible class, I try and, like, identify, I'm not dumbing it down, but I'm trying to translate what seems to be a high floor into language that can be accept it or, or, or heard by my students mm-hmm. to be like, oh, okay, that's what you want from me. Like when we're picking apart a story, I'm not trying to like, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not asking someone to be an eloquent yep. speaker or sermon giver or something like that. And that goes back to who we see and hear a lot. Do you know what I mean? Like when we're in chapel, we hear someone whose job is to give an eloquent sermon. Even in class, they see me or whoever is on the clip that I show or something like that. And they seem to know what they're talking about. And the grade six student is like, and I don't, uh, so I better keep to myself and just maybe listen and maybe then I'll learn something. But like you said, they do need to do something to learn something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those quiet kids are doing something. They're they thinking. are doing, yeah. Um, but as we participate or find some of those competencies like question asking, connection making, stuff like that, that really help with things like old biblical literacy, faith formation, you name it, um, you can finally maybe start to get somewhere. It felt like quite a blitz of a blitz of a grade twelve course, and so uh, one student. One of the things I do, I, I pray with students and and uh, really personalize it for them, and um, what and and really try and bring in the language of what they brought to the table, and then knowing where they're heading or if they're where they're thinking about going. A lot of it's usually anxiety about the future, that type of thing. So I'm praying for this one student, and then. You know, she, fl- you know, and usually what happens is the students, oh, thanks, Mr. McFarland, that's the end, and they go back. And she turned it and said, I, Mr. McFarland, love to pray for you. That, and I don't know why that was so, like, it's, that, that just hit me out of the blue. Like, why would I not expect that to happen? Mm-hmm. But it was like a reflexive thing for her uh, that she would, would, uh, would return that and, and pray for me. That was cool. That had just happened immediately after another student who was quite intrigued by um, some. I, I we were talking before the show started here, Riley. Um, there are times I use a little bit of colorful grade twelve level language, language. maybe, um, just to sort of alert people to. It's like, no, you gotta you gotta pay attention to what I'm saying, or are we really hearing how this might land? Specifically, things like the Hebrew prophets who get really worked up. So, I had one student, but it, it's like, do you have to use those words? You know, do you have to swear? You know, every now and then it's like, 
there's Ecclesiastes, man, there's a time for everything. But um, that, that was just a, that was a funny moment because I realized that, um, you know, our words matter yeah. and I have to calculate the words. But you also recognize like, well, it woke you up a little bit. Yeah, we're talking about it now. There was, that was the time for that. Time for that. <laughs> there's a well-placed, uh, yeah, t- word. And uh, then I got a, some people on this podcast will know that I have a mug, a coffee mug collection and various alumni over the years. Um, but this mug that was created uh, was uh, a word that uh, borrowed from uh, James K.A. Smith, you are what you love, uh, which is really like, it was just Augustine about desire and we're not primarily cognitive, we're, we're driven by our hearts and our longings. So I do that whole unit. And we talk about the uh, telos, right? The, the the Greek word telos, the idea of moving a direction, an end goal or a purpose. And so she had printed onto the mug, you know, coffee is my telos. That's the purpose of the mug. Mm-hmm. And she was just so moved by that. And it's just like, that's what she was taking away from the course. And so I've inherited a new coffee mug. When you get a student who quotes you or uh, something they learned in your course and yeah. they, they, you know, slap that onto a coffee mug and give it to you, um, you've, you've hit, you've, you You've landed on something. Yeah, huge wins. I, I it doesn't even need to be a coffee mug. No, I whatever. About, I have some students that like obviously the grade seven teachers. I see them, and my, they were my students last year. And like, they'll say, "Mr. Duick said this last year," or like, "Oh, that's like what Mr. Duick said." And I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" Like, put that on a coffee mug. You yeah, know what I mean, so, so yeah, I think that's really cool. love it. Yeah. Oh, this has been great. Great to be in in person, Riley. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I wonder how. I hope everybody else is doing fine. You know, everything's crazy right now. The weather's nuts, and there's a pandemic outside. So, all the faith and learning stuff that can happen will happen. And I hope it's going well for everybody that's listening. But uh, if you wanted more, you can find our website, which is notmanyofyou.com. Hit subscribe on this uh, podcast player to be notified whenever we post a new episode, and give us a good rating if you can. Have a great one. See you next time. Bye bye.